All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, November 16th, 2022. Just eight days away from Thanksgiving, roaring right into the holiday season here. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. I'm going to go around the room here and, as usual, introduce this cast of characters we have on this podcast here. going to start with the Minister of Truth, the Deacon of Data, the Father of Facts and Figures, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel from the Rob the Genius Podcast. Mr. Rob, how are you doing tonight, sir? Good. Good to be back. Awesome. Awesome having you. We're going to have a good show tonight. We've got a lot to talk about. But last and never least, hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, how are you, Bubba? How are you? Friends, good to be here. Glad to have you, man. We got a lot going on. Uh, and, you know, I think we're going to start off the show and get the uh, we're going to get the heavy lifting out of the way here. We got a little bit of a little bit of heavy stuff to talk about uh, over the weekend. Those of us familiar with pop culture and nerd culture lost an absolute legend and icon in the industry. Uh, longtime voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy, passed away at the age of 66 uh, from what I'm reading was like intestinal cancer or something like that. And we were just going to spend a little bit of time here talking about, you know, our thoughts and our memories of, you know, what Kevin Conroy as the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman meant to us. Um, just generations. You know, I was looking over his IMDb. The guy has got like five decades worth of work, not only, you know, voicing Batman, but, you know, different acting roles, different voice roles and things like that. And uh, Rob, what what did you think in the moment when when we got the news? Oh man, so all right, because a lot of people were saying that Kevin Conroy was their Batman. Uh, now I guess my Batman was Adam West. That's who I started with, but Conroy's number two, I think, because put it this way, um, as far as being synonymous with the role of Batman, it's Adam West and Kevin Conroy. Because Michael Keaton did a bunch of other work. You know, Ben Affleck's done a bunch of other work. Christian Bale's done a bunch of other work. George Clooney doesn't even like to acknowledge that he played Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, because by his own admission, look, George Clooney was check cashing on that on that role. Okay, one hundred percent, bro. It is a popular story, and it is. I believe it. It it has been found out to be true that if you walk up to George Clooney and you say, "Hello, I saw Batman and Robin." I would like my money back. He will give you ten dollars. <laughs> That's like, that like it be a shoot. Like the old stories of like you know Bill Murray walking up to people and stealing a French fry and being like, "No one's ever gonna believe you," and then walking away. Like I believe, <laughs> I want in my heart, I want that story to be true. So, That's some urban legend stuff that you hope is true. Yeah. That's that's the, some Batman kayfabe for you. Yeah. But um, you know, it's yeah, as far as guys who. Again, who Batman is, who they were. It's Adam West and Kevin Conroy. Um, and also, as far as like animated voice actors, like you know, he's one of like the guys. You know, yeah. I mean, him, Peter right. Cullen, who does Optimus Prime, and yeah, you know, I'll go ahead and say Mark Hamill is the Joker, right? Mark I mean, Hamill is the Joker. Frank Welker is Megatron. Yeah, I'm like, um, those are the guys for this. Yeah, you know. those are the guys. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, for the life of me, his name escapes me. 
uh, the guy who did the voice of Cobra Commander in the G.I. Joe series. Oh, he's also Starscream also. Starscream, yeah, yeah. he did the voice of Starscream as well. Very iconic, very identifiable. Yeah. And yeah. Kevin Conroy is on that list when you think about voices and being synonymous with something. You know, he's he's tops that list as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Tara Strong, who did Harley, she did Harley Quinn and right. she did a bunch of other stuff. But that's, you know, he's part of that group, right, where... You know, you know them for that, and you know when you think of the character, when you think of that character, you think of that guy voicing him. Yeah. And so for me, um, because the Batman animated series started when I was in college, and it was like the perfect balance, really, because you know you wanted something a little more serious than Adam West, but you didn't want like you know. You know, you didn't want Frank Miller all the time either, right? Right. So you wanted that balance where it, where it was where it was serious, but it was also still you know fun in some spots. Right? Yeah. And that so the Batman animated series was that it was the perfect balance, and you know Kevin Conroy was a big part of that. And for me, and like. One of my favorite episodes was the one about the Great Ghost, where Adam West is playing the Great Ghost. And, yes. And yeah, yeah and then That's... Batman, yeah, and the Great Ghost is Batman's hero, and then they end up working together to, you know. <clears throat> but it's stuff like that, or, you know, the one the, the episode I always remember where it's on New Year's Eve, and then Batman and Gordon are like having coffee together at the end of the night, you know, and then, yeah. you know, and then they'll here's to doing this next year, you know, that with that one. Yeah. Um. So for me, yeah, I mean, he was just, yeah, he he was that guy, man, and uh, and for, and just another thing was just so cool for me was look, my, you know, my look, my first, my first, I always say my first two superheroes were Luke Skywalker and Batman, and here they were both working on the same show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um. You know about you know the, the you know you know what I mean, right? I know so, what you mean. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um. And it was, Sorry, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, you know, so whenever I see that picture of them together, like Mark Hamill and Conway, like pointing at each other, to me, that's like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Mark Hamill had a couple of really nice tributes over the weekend to him. And just when I thought I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Then I see him post something. I'm like, God damn it. I'm not good. Yeah. You know, yeah. this one hurts, man. Like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. This one hurts. Yeah. And, um. But yeah, I mean, he yeah. like he just you know he did it in video games and animated movies. Yeah. Um, like he he did this for thirty years, and again, like I said, you know, he was Batman. Batman was him. Same with Adam West, and the two, both of them, like they just both they weren't ashamed of playing you know a guy that dressed up as a bat, which some people are sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, and- they weren't. And they right. embodied it, and they they you know, and they played it for all it was worth, and they both loved being it. Jason, and, you got any thoughts here, Rubba? Lots. I mean, like, <laughs> don't we all? I, uh, I'm 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 a little bit younger than you guys, so he was my Batman, and it is not close. Like, because we went. I mean, yeah, I had Keaton, and I saw the movies and whatnot, but and we had. Kilmer and Clooney and there's that was, that was what it was and he was Batman man he mm-hmm. and it was so 
cool because he he really wa- he threw himself into that character, man. Like not in the stupid, you know, uh, Heath Ledger sort of way, but he like he became that guy. And I, I would point out that like if you called him on the phone, if he was still with us, and I called him on the phone, Kevin Conroy would answer. Yeah. Batman wouldn't answer. Bruce Wayne wouldn't answer. If I called, you know, Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne answers the phone. The dude, when he did a Batman voice, obviously he did the Batman voice, but his what gets lost, he doesn't get enough credit for how well he played Bruce because he played them like two entirely different characters. He would bring his voice up an octave and he would talk a little, you know, a little happier and a little lighter and something like that. He's very small, very svelte. Exactly. And I'm so glad he got the opportunity. He didn't actually get to don the cape and cowl, but in error in arrow the Arrowverse Crisis on Infinite Earths or whatever it was, he did play a old broken down, held together by an exoskeleton Bruce Wayne. Um in live I had action. mixed emotions about that when I first saw that scene because I'm like, because d- believe me, like the rest of us nerds when they announced that Kevin Conroy was going to be playing a live action Bruce Wayne, I dude, I like goosebumps now just thinking about it, like legit goosebumps thinking about it. And Wait, then I saw can I scene, guess? Can I guess? Uh, you, can I guess that you were bummed out he was an asshole? Yes, at first. Okay, okay. at first I was too. But I mean, it's good. Go ahead, finish your thought. Then no, no, I, like I said, I was so I'm like, okay, we get him, we get him, and then then he's a heel. And I'm like, what the shit is that? But do you know how much fun that dude probably had doing it? Oh, he had a blast. Because, like, he didn't get to play that version of Bruce in anything. And that's a popular version of Bruce. Like, the broken down, you know, Dark Knight Rises, Dark, Dark Knight uh, Returns, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, that's really cool for him. But I was bummed out like you were, too. I was like, oh, I want him to be yeah. Batman. But well, I, and I get you know for licensing and all these other legalese reasons he couldn't don the cape and the cowl. I got all that. I, I understood all that. But in the moment, I was a little disappointed in what we got. But when I look back at it objectively, it was awesome. Like yeah. it's really awesome in retrospect. It's funny that we had the exact same. <laughs> 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 You're supposed to be like cool, charming, happy Bruce. No, nope, he's an asshole. <laughs> oh, and, and, like that show, kids, if I'm speaking to you, go back and watch that show. That is that is when animation peaked. Like, I'm convinced. It because it well, everything Rob was saying about it, it's absolutely timeless. The Batman animated series is timeless. If you if if what year is Batman the Animated Series set in, Rob, DJ, anybody? You don't know. It appears to be like like it would be like the 40s or 50s, maybe, or maybe the 30s, 40s. Right. But then they have computers, and they have, like, all this different stuff. It's this very Art Deco kind of – it's basically it's – very, It's very noir. It's, like, it's very noir, and it was um, – it basically – the world. it's the World's Fair version of the future. Like, yes. It's like we're on our way to the to the World's Fair version of the future. We're not there yet. We don't have flying cars and whatnot, but we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but incredible on. vision on on Bruce on Bruce Tim's part, mm. and like Rob was saying, Kevin was so integral in making that work. And it's he became so 
just intertwined with that character. And a few things that I always loved and respected about him, aside from the work itself, was how protective of Batman he was. Like, mm-hmm. this wasn't just a job to him. You know, he, like, grew into this. And and, and, and in a way, I guess, as a, a fan as well, he grew up with it. And he was very protective of it. And, you know, as we all were protective of him as the voice of Batman, I know I was. And I know that anyone who takes on that role now, I hold them up to that standard. And even now, when I'm watching an animated feature that has Batman in it, and he's not doing the voice, unfortunately for that actor, I'm judging them based on a standard he set. It's such a bummer that my favorite, favorite, favorite Batman movie, Under the Red Hood. Yes, doesn't have have him yes, because I, when he gives that monologue, because don't get me wrong, Tim Greenwood did an excellent job. He yes. did a very, very, very good job. I, I'm not disappointed. It's it's still my favorite Batman movie, and it doesn't have Cameron, Kevin Conroy in it. It might I might be a little biased because the other guy that's in it. But in any case, I just imagined like, oh my god, him him cutting that promo at the end about how you didn't under you never understood what it was like and blah blah blah. You know, I wanted to save you, all that shit. Oh, it would have been magical. But he did get, and, and now looking back that he, he's gone, unfortunately, he did get a very cool moment to kind of, even though he kept, I believe he did it, did the role in bit parts after this, but in the Arkham Knight game, I will not spoil it, but the Arkham Knight game ends very, there is a big sense of finality to it. Um, and satisfying. And, and satisfying, and it's a satisfying end for the Batman character. I'm not going to yeah. spoil it in case anybody goes and plays it, but it's excellent. And he had that opportunity to kind of say goodbye and put a night, put a put a cap on things and things like that. Because it has to be said, his performance in the game was absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. But that's that's all I got on. Haven't Conrad. played that yet. My exclamation point will be the Killing Joke. Uh, just what what an awesome comic book to animation adaptation and to see him come out of retirement and do the voice of Batman one more time and to pair up with Mark Hamill again as the Joker to to knock that whole thing out of the park for me was amazing and uh, yeah, one, one was, more for me uh, one, uh, one more for me was uh, in the uh, Justice League Doom animated movie you know that's based on the Tower of Babel story yes you know, uh, at the end, where you know, because you know, uh, you know, Batman had the files on everybody's weaknesses, and they got stolen and exploited. So at the end, you know, they're all calling him the Task, and he's just like, "I would do it again." Yep. <laughs> he's like, you know what? He's yeah. Like, and, and he's like, "Yeah, I would do like, it again." <laughs> just looks at him. He's like, "You guys, are you serious? Like, you there shouldn't be any sort of contingency if you people get out of control." Yeah, and, then, and like it's it's completely and utterly justified, and he hasn't learned any lessons at all. Which I mean, he shouldn't. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then and then when they, and then when they ask him, like, well, I well, what would happen if you stepped out of line? And he was like, well, you guys should stop me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Good luck, but you know. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I had a contingency you get, you plan for me. Take me oh, out, just, idiots. Yeah, he's like, I had a contingency plan for me. It's called the Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten. I haven't watched. I had that one on DVD. I haven't watched oh, Justice man, it, League it, Doom in yeah, God oh, probably six or eight years. Yeah, and it, I mean it's that that ending is just so great. And then <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I would do it again." What? Yeah, that's so good. 
so many. I mean, we could probably spend another hour just talking right. about different episodes and little, you know, little yeah. things that he did as far as you know the Batman character went. Again, uh, Kevin Conroy, so much thanks from somebody, you know, a, a podcast here full of people who, you know, more or less, even though we were, Rob and I were adults when, you know, when he took over the voice of Batman, but still yes. we grew up with yes. him in a sense. The brother raised me. Yeah. Dude, so, the dude raised me. I was like five when that thing came out. Right. So, um, Godspeed to you, Kevin Conroy. Thank yeah. you so much for everything you gave us. Decades worth of joy, decades worth of entertainment. And you lived and breathed it, and so few people do that. So, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. All right. Let's, uh, let's slide out of the uh, bandwagon nerds territory here and get back into some wrestling. This is a wrestling podcast. Um <clears throat> While we're on the subject, let's let's do another little kind of a, a rest in peace thing here to the the twenty four seven championship. Uh, Nikki Ash uh, now going by Nikki Cross again. Well, she missed the trash can, but <laughs> she attempted to throw the belt away, and it's it, it implies that we're getting rid of the twenty four seven championship on the website. It has been retired. Uh, officially by WWE. So we kind of wanted to go around the room here a little bit, and we'll start with Jason and, and get your – give me your initial thoughts. Like, you watched the unveiling of the 24-7. What were your first thoughts on that thing? The first thought was, wow, that belt looks dumb. Um, but once the wackiness kind of started, I was just like, okay, I can get in on this. Um, the belt was, I think they could have done better with the belt. Jesus Christ. That thing looked like a, looked like a toy even more so than any of their other belts. Um, but yeah, the, the 24 seven stuff was fun. I think they, they did it perfectly. I don't think they ever had a misstep with it. Honestly, they never oversaturated the show with it. They, they had some fun stuff go on with it. I mean, they had, uh, but at the same time. Was it probably time? I don't know. I don't know if you need it around. But, yeah, I, I love the 24-7 gimmick um, for when they did it. Okay. Rob, we'll wrap around a little bit more and talk a bit more about it. But your initial thoughts when they when Mick Foley unveiled the belt a couple of years ago? Oh, I mean, I was like, what is this garbage? <laughs> because, remember, like we said before, like, you know, 2019 was – that period where for a while fed really was in the mud and like so in the midst of that and they they pull this out i'm like what are y'all doing i'm like you know i'm just sitting there like like okay like i i go on the internet and i defend y'all and now y'all are doing this what are we doing like way to make me look stupid guys great and but then you know and then but then from that very first night where they started like just kind of the mad scramble over it. And then within a few minutes, I didn't done it completely one. And he's like, okay, well they might be, this might be something here. If they're going, if it's going to be something they have fun with, this might be something here. And then they spilled out into the parking lot. And then like our truth popped out of the trunk of the car or something. And, and then <laughs> once that happened, I was, I was in, I was like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be good. Yeah. And, um, from that point forward, I mean, and like, I mean, our truth was the perfect man to basically be the 
you know, the, the perpetual holder of that title. Right. Um, because, you know, he always, you know, he commits 100% to doing the comedy stuff. He's never, because, you know, some people you can tell they don't really want to be doing that crap. Right. right? Yeah. Um, he is, he always goes in 100%. And so he ultimately made it great. Uh, but it, I mean, the biggest thing was it, it gave a lot of people stuff to do. It, it kept mm-hmm. people on TV. Um, you know, Carmelo for a year went around with truth and, or, or however long it was, but that was after she, you know, she wasn't champion anymore and it didn't look like, you know, you didn't, didn't know what was going to happen with her after that. Yeah. So and <clears throat> that, you know, that kept her around, that kept her, gave her stuff to do, um, basically kept her career, you know, not that she was going to get released or anything, but it kept her above water as far as her career on on screen um it helped just this past year tamina and dana brooke did like probably the best work of their time there doing that stuff and they were doing really entertaining stuff on tv you know for the first half of this year with that um i'm sorry i popped for the wedding thing oh absolutely yes 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 you will you will not find you will not find the mindless wrestling podcast have a bad thing to say about many wrestling weddings but no. that one was particularly good yeah there, and, there are no bad wrestling weddings no no exactly and uh so i mean with that and then all the different times in between and of course the one i always like to bring up when they you know ran the middle of the ring and eric young got you know, kicked in the face by the 13-time women's champion um, you know, that's one of Rob's favorite pops. Yeah, because at first, look, I'm watching that, and you know, and y'all know how I am, and I'm like, really, y'all doing this? There, y'all doing this now? Y'all gonna run out here now, really? And then when some, and then when Eric got in the ring, he was like, okay, you better, you better do it, you better do it. He got in the ring, you better do it to him. And boom, I was like, yes. She <laughs> <laughs> smoked him too. Yeah. Oh yeah. She put, she put some English on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. But, um, I, I felt the same way you guys did about the uh, the twenty four seven when they first unveiled it. I was like, because they teased it, they teased it, and then Foley comes out. I'm like, okay, Foley's involved in this. What are they doing? And then it made sense because the twenty four seven championship was like a watered down version of the what was it the hardcore title from 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 back in the day and that was again they introduced that with mick foley so i was like well what the crap is this thing this belt looks like shit what are we doing here and then i figured out very quickly and this is something that a lot of wrestling fans forget this is supposed to be fun and Mm -hmm. there were a lot of fun moments not everything in wrestling has to be serious there's plenty of serious stuff there you know, and, and for them to put throw something out there like that to have fun. I know a lot of people clowned it. It great it gave us some great moments, man. Like, how do you not pop for Jinder Mahal showing up in full wrestling gear to a golf <laughs> to a golf or, game? Yeah. Or yeah. R Truth rolling up on on uh, Drake Maverick's actual wedding. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Maverick was actually getting married in real life to his Absolute smoke show of a wife. Oh, my goodness. Right. Um, yeah. uh, so happy for you, buddy. Um, but seriously, he rolled up and literally scooped the dude from behind and pinned him one, two, three at his wedding. Yeah. That's insane, bro. Yeah. That whole arc 
surrounding Drake Maverick was brilliant. I mean, that was some of the best work I've seen those guys do, like, on TV. Like, Drake Maverick absolutely losing his mind and ruining his honeymoon, ruining the first weeks of his marriage because he's a disheveled mess over losing the 24-7 championship. Yeah. And that was the one of the best uses of the world we live in because he did it on Instagram. He sold the story on Twitter. He said he like there would be new pieces of the story that would come out between Monday and Friday. Like it was brilliant. Yeah, it's and we've said this on this show before. You can take something absolutely ridiculous and stupid, but if you lean all the way into it, you can get it over. And our truth. Drake Maverick, all of them, they, the, the people that were the most influential in making that work leaned all the way into it. Jinder Mahal was brilliant yeah. during oh, his run with the, with the 24-7 championship. It was absolutely brilliant. The stuff that they did later on with you know Dana Brooke and Tamina and Tazala and you know all of that, just such good stuff because these people were like, okay, this might be the dumbest shit I've ever been handed, but I'm on TV. You know, it got me a spot on TV. Let me lean all the way in and let me make this work. And by God, they did. Let me fire through the records of the belt real quick. Go for it. Because I think this this paints a beautiful picture about this title. The first champion was Titus O'Neil. The final champion was Nikki Cross. The most reigns was R-Truth at 53 reigns. <laughs> the, longest, the longest reign was Reggie. Remember Reggie? Yes. 112 days. Pretty impressive. Wow. The oldest champion. Anybody want to take a stab at witness protection after he won? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Anybody want to take a stab at oldest champion? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Ah, shit. Uh, Dave LaGreca, I don't know. Pat Patterson, 78. It's 78. Shit, that's wow. right. Patterson won it. Pat Patterson was a uh, 24-7 <laughs> champion. <laughs> Youngest champion? Anybody want to take a stab? Uh, Grammy Award-winning artist, Bad Bunny. That's right. At 26 years old. Heaviest champion. Ready? Who do you think it was? Quick, take a quick stab. Otis. Nope, Rob? Heaviest? Yep. One Braun, was it? No. Nope, The Revival. Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, because they both double-pinned that guy, remember? I forget who they double-pinned. At 446 pounds combined. I vaguely remember that happening. That's probably one of the things they pissed and moaned about on Twitter. Probably. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the funniest things you've ever done, guys. So, Yeah. You present wrestling different than how I watch wrestling, I guess. 
Uh, what are you doing now? Moving on. And uh, finally, lightest champion, Alexa Bliss. It's at 102 ah. pounds. Oh, I didn't know uh, she had so. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember her having it. Did she just drop it or something? I forget. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't remember um, the Alexa Bliss uh, race. Yeah, it couldn't have been very long. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, so, my God, if you ever want to get a hilarious experience, just look through the, type, the, entry, the entry of title history for that thing. It was held, oh. a, it was held 195 times. <laughs> wow. In three years. In three years. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you can't look at that and laugh and find joy in that, like like Jason says time and time again on this show, you fundamentally watch this wrestling stuff way differently than I do. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. 24-7 title was awesome. So let's springboard off of that to a couple things. One, we cannot talk 24-7 championship. We cannot talk about it without talking about our truth And we cannot go without mentioning our truth Get well soon, Bubba. Uh, he injured himself on NXT a couple weeks ago doing a dive outside the ring. Completely missed Grayson Waller. Took a spill. And I didn't realize how bad the injury was at the time. But apparently he had it was bad enough he had to have surgery. Um, so just wishing a speedy recovery and, uh, in a, you know, as we always say, Bubba, get well. This wrestling thing will be here. Take your time. Yeah. There we go. That's it. So just let's mess up. use that to springboard into there's been some talk now that the 24-7 championship is going to be retired. Now that it's retired, there's been talk again about the possible introduction of a women's mid-card championship. And we've talked about that a little bit on this show. It's been a little while. I think we could circle back around and discuss this again. I'll, I will, I'll come right out of the gate and say I'm on board with it. Um, I've always, I've long thought for as long as there's been an active women's division with more than a handful of women wrestling, that there should be a mid-card women's championship. That is one area where AEW, regardless of how they use their women, that's a whole discussion. Uh, that's one thing I think they do have over top of WWE is that they have more than one available women's championship. Um, so well, if it's so does WWE technically. Well, I mean they've got two, but there's yeah. the the Raw and the SmackDown Women's Championship, and those are supposed to be on an even playing field. Right. Um, no, you are right. It is different. It is different when you have like a women's intercontinental or a women's U.S. championship or whatever. If they implement this thing, what are they going to call it? Um, Rob, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the idea of having a women's mid-card championship? Well, because I used to be against it, but now because now I've, I've done a 180 on it now because the women's roster is expanding. Uh, Hunter is signing people. Um, and so just like if you look at it if right now so okay we're looking at if the, if the roster is a, you know, at, at full strength right now we're looking at like nine different women who are considered and who have been like multi-time champions and then mm-hmm. worked big matches and all that we're, t- we're look, talking horse women Rhea, bianca oscar alexa and ronda right so that's nine nine women for two titles and and the way the way the women's titles are right now they're supposed to be for like the the best of the best right um so you've already got nine women for two titles 
you've got other women who you know can can perform at that level also like naomi like um eo and dakota right um so you have them also um so now you i mean you're looking at like that's potentially 12 or you know you can throw candace in there that's 13 for two women's titles right um that's a lot and so there are but and then you've got a bunch of other women there also and and to be honest they're either you know they're not big they're, they're either not you know as good enough workers or they're not a big enough deal or what have you to basically put in that same club with that nine to 12 women that you already have up there. So it's, you need something for them to fight over. Uh, I mean, if again, this is, you know, this is because again, I maybe would not think this way under Vince. Cause I don't think Vince would have, would be bringing all these people in like Hunter's bringing in, but Hunter is bringing them in. He's, you know, and he, he's already, you know, EO, Dakota, Candace, Mia Yim back. Uh, he's already brought them back. Emma. Um, you got B-Fab back on the roster. I know we've talked that B-Fab's yeah. not the greatest worker, but if she ever improves, you're looking at, you know, she's back now too. Yes. Um, Sarah Logan is back now. Sarah Logan. Uh, um, you know, and, you know, and, 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 you know, there's rumors, you know, rumors about Chelsea Green. Um, Ugh. Well, I know, but, and look, and, if Chelsea Green does come back, then there's a real good chance that Deanna ain't gonna be too far behind her, right? Um, yeah, that was another Triple H girl oh, right there. Yeah, Deanna's coming back. Although, look, I mean, well, she's—I mean, she has like done some stuff in the character department now, where you know it'd be different now. I think oh, she's been really good at, at, over an Impact. The- yeah. She's kind of she's kind of fully fleshed out and the the virtuosa, and then and it's it's been really interesting. And then you know Mandy is going to be coming back up next year, um you know and she might bring the girls with her. Although I mean they won't be contending, I mean they'll be doing tag team stuff obviously, but um so that 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 space is getting more and more crowded, um and to have all of them fighting for two women's titles, you know um. That, you know, it, now, yeah, you, I mean, and you might even make a case for a, a mid-card title for each show. Yeah, really. I mean, on the, on the Raw side, you have the U.S. Championship, and on SmackDown, you've got the Intercontinental. Makes perfect sense to me. I guess the question is, with and, and we wrap around to this every few episodes, and Jason, we'll let you, let you take over here in just a minute. You're signing all these women. You've already got a stuffed roster. Who do, who sits down? Oh, I'm not making that decision. That's that's for people smarter than me. But unfortunately, someone's gotta. Um, then, so that yeah. this might be be careful what you wish for kind of deal, guys. With that that mid mid card title. Um, and um, that's yeah. Um, but kind of piggybacking off Rob, I think if done correctly, and especially if you go with DJ's idea of doing two. You know, a women's United States Championship and a women's Intercontinental Championship. Then you get into the situation where you're actually kind of enhancing your top champions, like we're seeing with Roman now. You know, Gun- Gunther has put the Intercontinental Championship like back on the map. 
Seth and that whole thing has put the United States Championship back on the map. And it only enhances Roman. Because, like, you look at him and you go, okay, well, he's the grand, grand, grand champion. Um, so I think I think if executed correctly, it, it could definitely work. Um, but I do... Again, this might be a monkey, like DJ was alluding to, this might be a monkey paw situation. So just, you know, because someone's, yeah. someone's got to sit down when, when this stuff happens. There's still only three hours on Raw and still only two hours on SmackDown. And that's the problem, and that's the thing. So... We don't, well, we don't know what further moves he's going to make. Like, we don't know if he's, if he is just adding to the roster or if, you know, the door might be swinging both ways. We don't know that yet. Um, but right now, assuming until, well, until they start actually releasing folks, you know, we're, I'm going to be optimistic and say he's not going to do that right now. Yeah. Uh, or, or at least I'm not going to call it until he actually starts doing it. Um, but it's just, well, like, like, you know, I mean, Rondo's wrestling shots at Survivor Series. I mean, it's kind of a waste of time, right? Yeah, this is one of those matches where it's almost a foregone conclusion. Like, and, and I love Shotzi. That's not a knock yeah. on Shotzi. I love the character, yeah. and, and, and I dig. It's fun. Shotzi's fun. Um, but, again, this is one of those things. Are they are they going to pull the trigger on rocks or on uh, Shotzi over Ronda? I don't think so. No. So it's and, like, do I want to watch it and hope I have a fun match and get excited about that? Or do I want to just say, hey, maybe this is where I go make some snacks? Right. And then, you know, and then they're doing – because we're going to have two probably half-hour War Games matches. Right. Um, yeah. You know, um, and like, okay, well, you don't see Roman mixing it up with um, Ricochet, right? You don't. Um, you know, and fair or unfair, you don't, right? Yeah. And, you know, if, you know, the women's side is going to progress in the same fashion as the men's side, that's eventually a thing that happens is where your top people just don't mix it up with the other people very often. For the record, I would totally be down for Roman Reigns versus Ricochet. Oh, sure. And look, I'm sure they look Roman would be too, but I mean, it's just. Could you imagine Ricochet selling his ass off for the, for the tribal chief? How awesome would that be? Right, and it, it could happen, and it might still happen as like a one-off. Oh, I'm sure somewhere down the road it's going to happen. But I, I mean, as far so. as far as them making like regular contact every week on television, it doesn't. You oh know, no, that, no, 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 that doesn't happen. Well, that was part of. The, I mean, remember the Brock Ricochet match? Like going into that, part of the reason that was so special and exciting and crazy was because that shit didn't happen. Right, Brock doesn't mix it around with the mid Carters, and I'm sorry, that's what Ricochet is. Interestingly enough, I read somewhere that Brock wanted more out of that match than what they got. Like he was he was ready yeah. to give Ricochet a little bit in that match. Yeah. And Vince pretty much booked a squash. Well, because yeah. and that's you know what that's the thing where you know and no, we didn't like that either. But if you're booking the wrestling company, you probably do the same thing. Brock Lesnar squashes yeah. Ricochet. As much as uh, yes. I'm a fan of Ricochet, but looking at it from a booking standpoint. It was booked the way it should have been. 
The only way Ricochet was winning that if he brought a bazooka. Well, I don't even mean winning. I mean, but like Brock was willing to give him a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Well, Brock, I mean, if you ever listen to Brock's interviews and stuff, like his interview on Pat McAfee, the dude likes wrestling, guys. I'm sorry. And he's a businessman. He's a businessman, and he's perfectly willing. And actually, wasn't it his idea to drop to somebody? Well, he went. Remember, he was pissed because um, he was all ready to drop the Roman and go back to the farm at 34. Yeah. And he, right. he was pissed that he had to keep it, right? Um, well, and I think he, he it was his idea to drop the belt to uh, Goldberg, wasn't it? Yes. That's oh, what that, it was. It was, the, it was the, the squash at the Survivor Series. And Goldberg yeah, it was the back. squash at Survivor Series. That was Brock's idea. And that, that was a great piece of business. Yep. Right. And But now you do that with Goldberg, right? Right. Um. But well, like for and we'll just see. And this this whole this Ronda run is an example here. Like Ronda should not be having competitive matches with with. She should only be having competitive matches with the very top women. Right. She should not be going. Right. I'm sorry. And look, we love Shotzi. Okay. She should not be going fifty fifty with Shotzi. No, this should be more of a squash than anything. She should else. not. I'm sorry. And look, we love Shotzi. Yeah. Shotzi we really Shotzi. do. She, it but, shouldn't no. be an out-and-out, you know, murder, but, yeah, it should go less than 10 minutes, and R- yeah. R- Ronda five, should have 90 the advantage. Five minutes. It's I said the same thing a few weeks ago before um, before the last Premium Live event with Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre in the cage. The week before mm-hmm. on SmackDown, they had Karrion Cross in a match with uh, Madcap Moss, and they booked it 50-50. I'm like, you're trying to make Cross out to be this unstoppable killing machine who's about to I'm I'm supposed to be worried for Drew McIntyre in a steel cage with Karrion Cross and Karrion Cross barely handled Madcap Moss three days prior or the night before on on Smackdown like what are we doing here we we talk about suspension and disbelief I don't think they did Karrion Cross any favors there and it's the same type of situation with with Ronda and and Shotzi I again we love Shotzi but looking at this objectively, I agree with you, Rob. And so, and I guess my larger point is, you know, you need, you know, Shotzi should have something to fight for, though, right? Yes. She shouldn't. She shouldn't be stuck getting squashed by Ronda, or you know, she shouldn't. She she shouldn't be stuck simply losing in five minutes on a Friday. To Ronda or to Charlotte or to you know Sasha or whoever or losing in five minutes on a Monday to Bianca she shouldn't be stuck with that but with things the way they are right now if you're booking right. the show that's exactly what you're going to do yeah right and you know then part of the and look, and look all right and part of the thing with Ronda and the Liv Morgan thing was that again Ronda should kill Liv Morgan. Yep, but they had you know, but they made it, you know, they made it competitive. Yeah, and well, well, but she's it's hardcore Liv Morgan now. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Look, all right, see, all right, stop, stop. Okay, see, I'm, I'm trying to. I, no, because look, look, I look. There are people who are a lot meaner towards her than I have been. I am not trying to be lumped in with those people. Okay, I'm not because. Okay, uh, and I. Okay, I gotta go take the kids out to the car. Um, okay. Okay. Well, we'll, James, we'll why, why don't you and I continue yeah, this? Because I do have a question here. Um, sure. We've talked. We have a. We've talked in the chat, 
And, you know, we have a couple people who will be talk women's wrestling. They have some opinions on how the women are booked and rightfully so, you know, rightfully so they have opinions on how they're, how they're booked. And one of the arguments is why should in, in, in the, in the, in terms of giving the women TV time, why does there have to be a title? Why, why can't we just have women's matches that aren't for anything other than the, the, the okay, we're going to have a competitive wrestling match? And I, I guess the easy answer is, like we've always said here, competitive wrestling matches don't sell. You know, there's got to be some type of an emotional okay. investment in the competition. And for a lot of people, that emotional investment is – I want to be a champion. You know, I want, I, I got into wrestling to be, to be a champion of some kind or another. And so Jason, what are your thoughts on that? I think that it's necessary because unfortunately guys, it makes it easier for the writers. It just does. They're, they're, and um, if you want to have a flourishing women's mid card, a title is the way to do it because if they didn't need a title, if they didn't do that stuff, then we wouldn't be talking about it. We wouldn't be like, oh, they should do this because they're not right now. Right. That's why this entire conversation is happening. So, yeah, I mean, it, it makes it easier for the writers because, yeah, it's harder to come up with real conflicts, you know, 52 weeks a year for, you know, four or five women at a time. Right. Well, so, and to be fair, they had that yeah. problem with the men. I've literally watched guys wrestle – over a leather jacket. You know, yeah. Bret Hart and Jean-Pierre Lafitte had an entire feud over the fact that Jean-Pierre Lafitte stole Bret's leather jacket. Right. And because yep. uh, and, uh, and some of the, well, I mean, the thing is, it's a TV show about a fictional sport. Right. In real sports, you're, you're not fighting playing. to become a champion. Yes, you're not playing just to play. <laughs> right. And right. in real sports, when guys like Tiger Woods can't compete at that level anymore, he says, okay, guys, um, I just can't, I can't work the schedule anymore because I can't be who I was. Yeah. Wait, um, in, in sports, you're, you're constantly working to be a champion. Have you watched, have you watched the New York Knicks recently? Okay. See, all right. <laughs> Everybody said I'm, I'm wearing a New York Knicks shirt here and Jason, Mr. You know, you know, um, you know, my, my team has, you know, double digit championships is, you know, running 17. It would be 17, one, seven, the most in the league tied with the Lakers. What kind of person brags about their favorite player or team having double digit championships? Who does, who does that? Winners. Okay. Winners. Okay. Who, who does that kind of thing? Who on earth would come on a podcast and brag about their favorite having double digit championships? I, mean, I don't know. On, They're crazy, crazy. I, I, I don't know, buddy. I keep hearing the word. I keep hearing the numbers fourteen get kicked around on almost a weekly basis around oh, here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if anyway. you guys want to know where this argument started, go to our YouTube channel at the Mindless Wrestling. I think we're the Mindless Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. I don't know. I'm not on there a whole lot. The Mindless Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. I've got the uh, the the pre-show huddle. I'm going to put that up there, and you can see where this little discussion started. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a sh and it's a show about a sport. In sports, you compete to win championships. Like you know, boxers are not just going in the ring because they like to hit people. You know, they want to. Mm. So, so some of them. I, yeah. I believe Mike Tyson just enjoyed hitting people. Well, 
Well, yeah, but, and, but and he, the fact that he got a title for doing so was just icing on the cake. <laughs> a, a happy circumstance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He got right, rich. Because so. Iron Mike was awful happy out there to be pounding some faces. Yeah, and the fact that he's almost 60 and he's still doing it in sparring sessions. And and it looks downright scary doing it now. I wouldn't want that dude to hit me. Yeah, I he, mean, like... He, he bit a man's ear. There's, there's, there, he wanted way more than the title, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, um, it just, as did well. I, okay. Quick side road. I saw this on Twitter again. I try not to take things too seriously. Did him and Holyfield actually get together and come up with some edibles that look like ears? Yes. Yes. Is that a shoot? Yes. No, that's a shoot. <laughs> that is incredible. I saw that this morning when I was scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, these two mother effers got together and made holy ears or some shit like that. My, hey, might as well get paid from. Might, yeah, might as well. Paid. That's great. What a great end to that story. Yeah. I, I will I will happily let you guys know how they are when they hit Massachusetts. Oh, all J- right. Jason, you, you are my, my man on the you are my man on the street for that, sir. <laughs> That's right. But uh, all too happy. <laughs> but um But yeah, man, they want to win championships, dude. That's right. why they're here. And but 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 everybody's not good enough to be the top champion or to be in those matches even. But and well, look, I mean, you got weight classes in look. boxing. You got heavyweight, you got lightweight, you got cruiserweight, you know, et cetera, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody wants to be the heavyweight champion of the world, but everybody can't be the heavyweight champion of the world. But you can, but, you know, Floyd Mayweather ain't, you know, uh, ain't never going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Floyd Mayweather's made a hell of a career for himself as a middleweight or whatever. You know, Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray Leonard, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, would they have liked to be the heavyweight champion of the world? Sure. But they weren't. And they, but they sure as hell made something out of being the middleweight champion of the world. Um, and you know what? And you can do that here with that. Um, because, I mean, they had that six pack challenge things Friday, you know, that Shotzi won. And just watching that whole thing, it's like, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and look, I know, I'm, yes, I know I'm I'm knocking people and I'm knocking everyone who was in that match. I know. But, you know, just, you know, come on. I mean, and the winner of that match is going to face Ronda Rousey. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, right. You know, it's kind of funny. I was just like, well, W, I mean, uh, what's it called? AEW has a women's mid-card title. They do. The TBS championship is a mid-card title. And I was just like, oh, yeah. And I looked it up. They've only had one champion. Jade won it, and she's had it for 316 days so far. And if you ask me, that championship is more important than the other one. Mainly because of her. Well, yeah. Yes, because of her. Yes. Um, She's been the Goro of that thing. Yeah, and um, and she's getting better by everything that I can see. Well, I think n- now that they just now that they just said screw it, and she's gonna be Goldberg. Yeah, and now that and hey, not for nothing, she could play Lady Gro- Gro- uh, Grogu, Lady Goro, pretty easily. That, yeah, and a, um, so woman. I think now that they just decided to just go ahead and do that and stop trying to have her out there having you know, again, and you know, having her having her out there having like. 10 minute proper wrestling matches is just nope. no. Um, yeah. um, but anyway, um, but yeah, mid card title. Yes. Because 
there are women on that show who are capable of putting on some entertaining matches or whatever, but they are not, you know, big match on a big four pay-per-view material for whether it's because of their level of work or how big a deal they are or whatever. Um, but they should have something to fight for because rather than, you know, you know, again, it becomes a waste of time, right? The the nice thing about those types of championships, and they've always called the men's intercontinental championship, the, the working man's title. And, to be fair, there was a time when those matches were your work rate matches. Your guys like your Bret Hart, your Mr. Perfects, uh, Shawn Michaels back in the day, Razor Ramon. I mean, these were the, the the working workers. It wasn't so much the spectacle. You could go in there, you could have a 10, 15, maybe 20-minute you know, wrestling match and, and, and enjoy that. And, and that's what that's there for. I believe that there are women on the roster – because and we t- I used Lacey Evans as my example. Lacey Evans gets a lot of crap for not being very good. I've seen Lacey Evans at a house show, and house show Lacey Evans is a hell of a lot better than TV premium live event presented Lacey Evans. There's just there's a difference, and you can take these women and give them more time to showcase what they can do from a work rate standpoint. You could do something very special with a women's mid card championship. Or imagine, like, you know, or like somebody like Alicia Fox, right? Yeah. You know, from back when she was there, right? Or um, or even now, like, okay, um, you know, I mean, like, yes, I mean, like, Candace and EO and Dakota, could they work? Nikki Cross and all of them. They... Yeah, I mean, could, I mean, some of those girls could work the higher level matches, but there's, again, there's such a numbers game there. Yeah. Um, You know, Candace LeRae could be a hell of a mid-card women's champion and you know, wrestle the other girls on the roster, maybe, and then even do the occasional match against, you know, Charlotte or Becky or whoever, right? I mean, absolutely. That's and, better. And not for nothing. I mean, even before we had our unique championship situation on the men's side that we do now, Roman's been, univer- uh, excuse me, intercontinental champion. Seth has been United States champion. And they, while they were there, they elevated other dudes that challenged them. Yeah. 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 And so it's just, it's more to play with. Uh, it gives more, and because, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, Candace, EO, Dakota, them trying to squeeze their way into the, the, the eight or nine that they're already fighting over right. those two titles is going to, you know, that's a, a tough road. To, that's tough. Yeah. And then, cool. you know, and also Mandy coming back up also, um, you know, and, you know, and Liv and Shotzi and Raquel and. You know, uh, and then like, and like look, look at Raquel, right? Now, Raquel's kind of had kind of stunted growth here because, you know, on paper, she sh- should be somebody who is working for one of those two titles, but she hasn't really gotten there yet. But you can't really get her there with the situation the way it is right now. Right. So, I mean, she's somebody who, if you had a mid-card title, you could put her in that mix and maybe in the process of working for that title, maybe she does get to the point where you can put her, you know, where she is, can be, you know, can work for one of the big titles in a year or two. Um, Well, that's another thing with with the women's side. It's just, it's, it's been top heavy, right? Because everything has been around those two titles. So it's always got to be, okay, we got to have the best women fighting for those two titles. Yeah. And, 
you know, and look, this is the first year that so many of that so many of the the, the you know top women there have not been there. Right. But um, but up until this year, every, it was always you know, okay, we got to have the best women fighting for those two titles, and everything was top heavy, and then everyone else got scraps, and you know, and if you're going to again, assuming that he's you know that the division is expanding. Um, you can't have that mentality with a bigger division. You got to have some. Now you got to have sections, and you got to have stuff for the people in different sections to fight You've over. You got to subdivide everything now. Mm-hmm. Now you do. Um, you, you really do, and that's okay. You know, it's that. There's no shame. I, we've said this on the show a billion times. There's no shame in being a mid card worker. You know, there's been plenty of people come down the pipes who had serviceable, if not awesome, you know, mid-card careers. Razor right. Ramon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Razor Ramon, Mr. Perfect, Jake the Snake Roberts, yeah, Honky Tonk Man, you yeah. know? Right. I, and, you know, like, like Razor's a good example, because I think he's a guy who, you know, was definitely a good enough worker to be, you know, world champion and all that, but I think um, he was one of those guys that he just didn't really want to, you know, deal with all the stuff that comes with that, so... Yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. something that doesn't get talked about enough is, you know, being the world champ is not just, hey, I get to carry around a belt on TV. It's an it's a 24-7 job. And, you know, you, you've got to make the TV shows. You've got to make the meet and greets. And not that wrestlers, you know, in the lower cars will do that, but there's just more of an obligation when you are that top person to protect that image to make the rounds, to make the towns, to do all the all the stuff to represent the ba- the brand, and that's uh, unfortunately for anybody in the business who thinks differently, that is a very small percentage of people who can actually do that and pull it off. And you do have to be a little more serious, also. Like yes, you can't be the hey, I'm, I'm having I'm having fun here doing the wrestling stuff. Hey, like you know when you're the world champion. Like you can't walk around like that. Yeah, um, there's a great documentary on WWE about the the history of the what ended up being the big gold belt, um, the NWA WCW World Heavyweight Champion Championship, and this thing goes all the way back to Hackenschmidt, and um, I think Hackenschmidt was the first one. But if you guys haven't watched this on the Peacock, it's the history of the World Heavyweight Championship. I, I strongly recommend watching it for anybody who's a historian and you want to, because it goes all the way back to when this stuff was still a shoot. It covers the time period where transition from shoot to work. And it talks about how and why some of the world champions of their eras were chosen and what they had to do to represent. It's, it's just, it, it really puts a lot of things to perspective when you're thinking about from a booking standpoint, who is my next guy? Who is my next girl? And it puts a lot of that in perspective. It's really, really a great documentary. Yeah, and then like, and then like, again, you're you're the one. If you're one of the top champions, you're one of the people that gets presented to the public. And I know you know kayfabe ain't what it used to be, but there's still you still have to basically present as if like when 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 Roman goes out there and does the Tonight Show, he still he presents as if he's like a serious fighter. Right. I mean, and you got to, you know, when you're one of the top champions, you got to be able to present that way and all of that that comes with it. Everybody's not, you know, everybody's not here for that. 
Right. It's a fascinating angle. It's a fascinating angle because I see Charlotte do it too in interviews, how they carry themselves. Because they're like, they're just like, look, everybody knows what the deal is, but I'd appreciate it if everybody just played along, right, for the next 20 minutes. And that's kind of how they they carry it. It's very interesting. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Okay. But so there's, there's so much to that. But again, everybody, like, but in boxing, right? Being the heavyweight champion of the world is an entirely different thing, right? You again, um, Sugar Ray Leonard didn't have to be, you know, Mike Tyson, right? right. He didn't. Have, he didn't have to present that himself that way, like somebody who could just uh, annihilate anybody in the ring. He didn't have to present himself that way, or like you know, like George or like George Foreman or like you know, or whatever, right? You have to. When you're, you know, the, the middleweight guys don't have to present themselves that way. Floyd Mayweather couldn't. Floyd Mayweather plays a wrestling character, basically. Yeah. Um, if he was the heavyweight champion of the world, he could not do that. Right. If he was in that division trying to be heavyweight champion of the world, he could not do that because the heavyweight division of boxing is a different thing. Right. And, it, and the heavyweight division is what everybody judges the sport on. And so basically, to the point where if if the heavyweight champion isn't somebody who is a big deal or whatever, then people say boxing is in the mud right now. So being, you know, playing at that level is an entirely different thing, but that doesn't mean that the middleweight champions aren't good or that they, you know, or whatever, but they, I mean, but they have a place and, but they're just not the heavyweight champion. And, um, you know, and, and it just, you know, and, and look, sometimes you know, like Sugar Ray and those guys were often more entertaining than the heavyweight division, right? Oh, but, yeah, I'd love me some Sugar Ray Leonard back yeah, in the Yeah, I mean, at times they were, yes. But they still were not the heavyweight champion of the world. No. Um, and <clears throat> so in wrestling with, with these with the top titles, now with, with Roman doing what he's doing and with these two top <laughs> women's titles, that's kind of the plane that they're on, right? That they're on that higher plane. So, and... Everybody can't get there. Everybody's not going to get there. But that doesn't mean that you can't have good stuff for other people to do. And it doesn't mean that, you know, and having, yes, having a mid-card championship would definitely be, it would help. It would be better. Because it just, it just would. Because then, you know, you need, like I said, you need subdivisions. As the division keeps growing, you're going to need subdivisions. And you're going to need some Eventually, at some point, you need some dedicated tag teams where it's like, you know, for the next year or whatever, y'all two, you're a tag team. Maybe yeah. we'll split. Maybe we'll split you up later. But for the next year, this is what you're doing, right? Um, you need. I mean, you need. You're gonna. You need that too. Um. So it's 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 all needed, and of course now, and look, yes, the the real dilemma is the TV time question, and what do you do? Um. And that's what Hunter's going to have to figure out, um, you know, and that's something I want to revisit after the first of the year. Once we get into WrestleMania season, because that's really going to tell you who the superstars are, who the standouts are and, you know, and, and who's going to be sitting down for a little while. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think they're going to have to do some type of cycling on and off, even at, at the top, because you can't have all those. You can't have all of those nine women together on TV at the same time for two titles like some you know some folks are gonna have to you know have to take a little break for a few months which yeah which i mean which would ultimately be good 
you know, for everybody. But um, it's 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 just I don't know. It, yeah, he's he's got a juggling act to do. Um, but I think having mid card titles will help. I think. Okay. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's get into one more little piece of business here. Uh, while we're on the subject of women, women's championships. We uh, about a week or so ago, Mandy Rose passed the one year mark being NXT Women's Champion. Uh, the big question hanging in the air is who's going to take down Mandy Rose? And, you know, we talked about her a little bit a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, last night there was an opportunity for them to have her drop the title. That did not happen. Uh, Isla Dawn came out and interrupted the match. And, you know, Mandy Rose retains. And the timeline, at least from what I can see, hey, Rob, ha- is is the uh, the bloom kind of falling off the rose here with Mandy Rose, so to speak? Um. Well, here's all right. Now, I think okay. I think last. I think having a match last night was overkill because she's beat she's beaten Alba Fire like two three times already. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was overkill. Um. And she beat her just like two weeks ago. Right. Um, so uh, this was this was, I think, an example of doing too much. Um, yeah. If if you're in, look, if she ain't losing the title till next year, then at this point, just don't have her defend it on television. Um, right. I mean, just don't. It, right now, it's 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 the point. Of, uh, so I think that's part of it. Was just you know, literally two or three weeks after she just beat Alba Fire, have her wrestle her again. And beat her again was a bit much. Yeah. I mean, you I mean if I mean so Alba and Isla Dawn are going to feud, and you you could have initiated that some other way. Um, but also you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I always do, and I'm gonna put some of this on the uh, fans <laughs> because some people on our timeline have been, you know, they've been wanting Mandy Rose to drop the women's title for several months now. And they have repeatedly talked themselves into believing that this next time is going to be the time. And then when it's not the time, they get upset. And, you know, and some of them have been saying, well, the toxic attraction should have been called up already. And like we like we said about a month ago, called up to do what? Exactly. And do what? (laughs) Uh, You know, um, so some of this is on these folks because again they, they've been talking themselves into this, and I think look some folks just really want them to get ahead to, to move on to Cora and Roxanne feuding over the title. Um, that's going to happen. It's come look that's going it, to it's going to happen. Okay. I personally, Guys, after they're... watching their match at the last takeover or whatever it was, was it Halloween? What the hell was the one they did? Just Halloween recently? Havoc, I think. Oh, yeah. Halloween yeah. Havoc. Those girls are another year away from. From from working a regular program for that championship, and I hate to say that because I love both of them, but they still they both need to cook a little longer before they're ready for that. They're both these girls are twenty and twenty one years old respectively. You shouldn't even feel bad saying that. They're right. They're babies, and that's not an insult. But yeah. they're literally babies. These girls have got another four to five years to cook before they're really ready to hold that spot. I am That's no. It's, I, I hope they stay employed by WWE for twenty years each. Oh yeah, and they could. Honest to God, I do because I love them both, but they are not ready for that spot. And like we said the same about like with Rhea Ripley, you don't want to burn them out when they're thirty. 
Well, and right. also, you have laid the groundwork, and they're both really, really good wrestlers. You have laid the groundwork to have another eternal headlock struggle. Like Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Sean, Brett, you know, blah, 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 blah. They both got in at the ground floor. They came up together, and they were kind of like friends than enemies. Like, yep. let Cena, that simmer. Let that simmer. We don't need to rip that Band-Aid off right away. We don't need to pop that champagne right now. They are yeah. so young. They have 10 years in front of them each, guys. Yeah, and so... You know, with each kind of successful defense, you know, some people have just been getting more and more upset about it. You know, like, oh, when's Mania going to lose? When's he going to lose? And the annoying part of that, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Rob, okay. but it's the annoying part of that is, is that it's rooted in this belief that Mandy Rose sucks. And yeah. this woman, and it pisses me off because, yeah, there was a time when I probably, two years ago, I probably would have been part of the Mandy Rose sucks. Why does she still have a job? You know, crap. Because well, I don't see a whole lot from Mandy Rose. Huh? Why does she still have a job? Look at her. Yeah. Well, dude, pow, please. I, I've seen her up close. I've seen her twice. I, I understand. I get it. But, you know, um, but still, if you can sit here and, and look past her looks and look at her not only ring work, but her character work. Mandy Rose found the groove. What it, Her moving back down to NXT was one of the best things they could have done for her, one of the best things she could have done for herself. She's put in the work. She's turned into one hell of a sports entertainer. She, her character work is impeccable. And, and, if there, and if your distaste for Mandy Rose is still rooted in Mandy Rose sucks, you need to take the, the, the freaking glasses off, pal, because Mandy Rose does not suck. And there's a lot of women on the NXT roster, and there's some great women. There's some women I'm really looking forward to seeing big things from. But right now, from an overall total package standpoint, there's nobody on that roster right now that laces her boots in NXT. And, dude, uh, not for nothing, and this is a shoot, she has one of the best running knees in the industry. 100%. Yeah, she has so, a she has a better V trigger than the than the uh, the anime man on the other show. And um, so when you look at it like this, all right. Um, and one thing, okay, like ninety percent of the women on the NXT roster are green as hell. Okay, this is this this is this is not we're not in twenty nineteen anymore, where you had Candice and Io and you know and Shayna and Mia. And, you know, back in 2019 where Deanna couldn't get TV time because there were a dozen women in front of her, right? Right. This isn't that, right? Deanna Peraza would run NXT right now if she came. If oh, she, put her she, back would, she would clean oh. the table. Okay. This, so this is not that. This is not 2019 where <laughs> Deanna Peraza couldn't get on TV and it was, and it was warranted, all right? Um, this is not that. If WWE hired Deanna again, she'd be champion night one. She'd, she'd oh, just yeah. go right back to NXT. She'd oh. challenge Randy and she'd win. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, and so this is not that. Um, 90% of the girls there are green as hell, and it gets covered up because they have them doing, the, you know, they have them doing short matches, right? So um, they don't do a lot of long matches. And, and which, remember, most, so many of these girls are in their first year still. Right. Yeah. If we forget that, like so many, I mean, they are, I mean, Lash, Tiffany Stratton, um, Nathia Hale and, 
you know, a lot of the, so many of these women on NXT 2.0 are literally in their first year wrestling on television. Okay. Um, and, and they're doing it better in some cases than some of the people on the Wednesday night show who have been in this for years. But, but the fact, I mean, but I'm just saying they're still, you, we don't really know how ready or not ready a lot of them are because we don't, right. all we see is the three and four minute TV matches. So, you know, we don't know, we don't see what Sean and those guys are seeing in the back or when they're watching them, you know, train and all of that stuff. Um, but the other thing is that, like you're talking about the overall, you know, package with Mandy. Okay. When she loses the title, she's gone, obviously. Of, you know, she'll, she'll be off of television, at least. You know, she may, it may be a little bit before she shows up on Raw or SmackDown. But when she, lo- the night she loses that title is going to be her last night, probably on NXT television. Because you're not going to have her walking around as the former champion for six months. So someone's got to fill that void on the show. And because right now it's as far as heel women, you got toxic attraction and then you got Cora, right? And they're both, they're in separate spaces. They're doing separate things. All right. Well, as soon as Manny loses, she's gone. Then you still got Cora, but and then who's going to take the other spot? Well, they've got Zoe Stark now because Zoe turned on. Oh yeah, and Nikita and, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, and, and we got Ila Dawn now, which side road man, she looked incredible last night. Yeah, but now yeah. can they? Okay, so they can they can do stuff on the show, but are they going to fill that? Can they fill that whole space? We don't know. Yeah, that's to be determined because yeah, you know, this was Isla's first night on uh, you know. Yeah. NX, regular NXT TV, right. and so, Zoe's only been healed for a week. Right, so we don't know that they can fill that space yet. I mean, yeah, they can be on the show and work matches. Yeah. Right? But, um, but I know I'm, I'm kind of rambling and going off the trail here, but... <laughs> um, which Not I, you, you don't do that. I, I, know, I know. But, <laughs> I mean, short version is, you know, a lot of y'all talk to y'all, keep talking to yourselves in the Mandy losing, oh, she's, gonna, oh, she's got to lose this time. She's got to lose <laughs> this time. No, you don't. She don't got to lose at all. She don't got to lose until it's time until she actually loses. <laughs> okay. The problem um, is there. You ask somebody, okay, who beats Mandy Rose? They're gonna find some great wrestler girl. Well, or they're gonna say, well, right now people say, well, Roxanne, well, Roxanne should do it. No, Roxanne should absolutely not beat nope. Mandy Rose right now. And that's not a knock on Roxanne at all. Well, yeah, and that's I mean, but well, they, when they wanted Alba to do it really badly and. Look, and look, Alba's great, but it's another one of those things to the people who are not deep in the bubble, who are not, you know, to the person who just watches the show. Okay, Alba, Mandy, who do you got? Who are you picking? Mandy Rose. If you just watch the show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not, not, not again. Not you know. Not the people who are deep in the bubble and they know all this minutiae about album fire and and what she did in UK and all of this stuff. But to the people who just who they We're, just tune in, they just watch. All they do is watch the TV show. You know, Alba Mandy, who you picking? Right. Yeah, Mandy. Okay. Um, the, to the people who don't know who Kaylee Ray is, right? They're picking Mandy. Yes, exactly. This is um, this is how much I enjoy that Alba Fire. I totally forgot about the Kaylee Ray name. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sitting here scratching I my head, like, what the hell was she called? I honestly did have to look it up. Yeah. 
That's yeah, what I was doing. For everybody who pissed and moaned about the name Alba Fire, it's fucking working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I couldn't freaking remember her old name. Yeah, and I was, was like, <laughs> look, the only reason I remember is because, you know, I played 2K and she's on there as Kaylee Ray on WWE 2K. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, but I mean, but other than, I mean, but again, she doesn't, you know, it, if you want them to actually have a plan, if you want them to think things through and all of that, then that means we can't be doing the microwave title changes. Mm-hmm. And because let's not forget, I mean, because all right. When Rhea beat Shayna, right? I mean, in the moment, it was really great. It was on it was on TV in December. In the moment, mm-hmm. it was really great. By January, you know, people were kind of like, eh? Because they didn't, you know, they didn't properly, you know, doing that on TV in December, just not the same thing, right? Is having it like, whereas like if they'd done it on like the the WrestleMania weekend, you know, takeover, right? That would have been a, you know, then that would have had some momentum behind it, you know? Yeah. But so, but then also, I mean, it's just, I mean, y'all got, y'all got to stop this. Okay. And, and again, look, and look, Mandy is still not a great worker. She has gotten really, she's gotten really good at the thing that they have her do. Like the, the 10 minute match, keep it tight, do your big stuff, you know, make your stuff look good. Right, do the character work. She's gotten really good at that. You know, she may, she's probably never going to be a twenty-minute, you know, WrestleMania wrestler. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but um, you know, there, but you know, there are people on our Twitter timeline who, you know, because well, Alba's a better worker than she is, and you know, and Cora and Roxanne are better than she is, and you know, work rate and blah 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 blah. Can we get Mandy out of there? Blah. blah. I mean, um. Again, look, she loses when she loses, okay? And y'all need to stop, you know, convincing yourselves that this is going to be it. This next one, this one, this has got to be it. This has got to yeah. be the one. Why are um, we rushing the train along? I mean, well, are the, you are you expecting for, like, this whole wrestling thing to end in the next 6 to 12 months? Or are you planning on not watching in that long? Well, and, you know, it's well, it's a, it's a kind of, it's kind of a lower, kind of a lesser version of... Or, or not quite as intense version of what people are doing Roman now. Like, who's going to beat Roman? Well, yeah. Just watch the show. Well, it's... I will say that Bianca... Bianca, what the hell? Mandy, Toxic Attraction, the whole thing, especially because they've done her and Alba so many times and she's lost. I'd be lying if I told you they weren't losing a little steam with me. It's just kind of like, okay, we, we've pretty much done it all. She's beaten... And I think that that feud with Alba was to her detriment because now I'm really like, oh, man, like, OK, we've done everything we could do with this thing. Like, if, and they, and if they're not going to do it here, then man, that's where I'm at with Jason. Like, I'm in, I'm in that weird kind of limbo where, OK, right. we've about reached the end of what they can do with these girls here, but there's nothing for them to do. On the other side of the street. So, and, right. and, and like are, to Rob's point, Mandy, ex champion Mandy Rose walking around on NXT cha- TV for more than two weeks doesn't you, make any sense. And like, you, are also, you are also this close to the toughest time of the year for you. Like, you yeah. are this close to breaking, you're going into what we call the doldrums. 
Yep. And it goes for NXT too. So like, really, are we going to do a new champion in, in, at the holidays? Now, then you run into the problem that you did with Rhea Ripley. Nobody gives a damn. Now she just holds it. Now I think she just holds it till Mania season. I can see see a a scenario where she holds it at least through Royal Rumble. Definitely. I don't think they go to Mania with her because I think they'll probably move her up by then. But it's possible, you know, you could be onto something. They may not shuffle the deck around again until after Mania. Like we may be in a holding pattern with all people's positions on the roster until WrestleMania. And then after WrestleMania, you start going, okay, you know, whose segments are doing well, whose merch is doing well, whose, you know, road tickets are selling well, and where do we shuffle that deck around? And from there, do we bring up Toxic Attraction as a whole? Do we bring up Mandy by herself? Um, That's very possible. I think, you know, right now all roads may very well, I think all lanes may very well be very well taken until WrestleMania. Um, and now yeah. I think um, now I can see her losing at Rumble weekend, but I don't. Sure. I don't think I don't think she comes up until after Mania. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Because Just because. What, what's the point of bringing her out there? What's the point of bringing her out there in March? I mean, there's she no. wants that man- Well, she wants that Mania check. That's why she missed it. Who doesn't? I want well, the Mania check. Well, and look. Well, look yeah. Her- yeah, I mean, if they're going to do like the women's battle royal or something, um, or or they're going to oh. they're going if they're going to have extra a bunch of matches and have space for you know have a whole lot of more women on the card this year, then I can see that. But if it's going to be the same, you know, three mm-hmm. matches, yeah, you know, then. But um, full prediction time. She is in. The match of night and the opening match of night two WrestleMania this year. She's in the match for the women's um, the women's mid card title. Okay, let me ask oh. you this: Is Mandy Rose in the women's Royal Rumble this year? Yes, that's how you get her back to the main roster if she doesn't All want right. a vacation. Rob, because if if Rob's prediction is true that she drops at Rumble weekend, that's the Congratulations! You just you have a mechanism to get her back to the main roster. Yeah, although I um I don't know because if she's gonna if she's gonna be on the main roster immediately, yes. If she's not gonna be on the main roster until after Mania, then I would I would keep her off of television entirely. I, I would keep her just off because because then because look if she loses the NXT title on Saturday or whatever or the weekend before. If she's in the Rumble, then people are going to expect to see her on television. Yeah. And then, and then if she's not, then you have another thing where, you know, uh, so I, I would keep her, whether she loses the Rumble weekend or not, I would keep her off of television. I would, I would debut her on the main roster after WrestleMania. Um, and, and we, we, um, I guess, you know, I just, I just got irritated. I got irritated because, you know, and because, they did this at, you know, these folks were doing this at the Worlds Collide thing, the triple threat match. You know, well, she's got to lose it here. Like, she's not going to lose the, you know, Mako Sadamore came over here for a weekend. Okay, they weren't going to put yeah. the title over on her. And same with Blair Davenport came over for the weekend. All right, they, neither one of them was leaving with the title. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, and then, now I do, again, uh, last night, like I said, it was overkill. They shouldn't have done that. But right. all these other times where people are like, well, she needs to lose it here. She needs to lose it here. No, she didn't. All right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm throwing in my pick for the Royal Rumble, Gigi Dolan. Make that a hashtag. Hashtag Gigi in the Rumble. Oh, in the Rumble. I thought you were saying to win it. I was like, no, oh, in, buddy. in, in, in. Oh, Gigi in the Rumble. Hashtag Gigi yeah. in the Rumble. Make it a thing. Oh, no. Uh, um, there was actually, oh, I know uh, there was one more topic that uh, we didn't get to last week. Oh, what was the topic? Uh, the discussion about what to do with the money in the bank gimmick itself like we talked about Austin theory last week a bunch but yeah there were um, i mean there were you know there were some discussions on some in some circles about um should they move the ladder matches to wrestlemania like it used to be should they some people thought well they just need to take a break for a few years um and then there are some people who think you should just leave it as it is uh i mean i think there are pros and cons to each one um, I think the pro leaving it like it is is that it's Money in the Bank is always a fun show. Um, the con to leaving it like it is is that the past few years, um, well, you, like you know, I mean, you you the past few years we've ended up with a few situations where the aftermath was just like okay, yeah, um, um now putting it on a break for a while. Uh, it makes sense in light of what's going on with Roman because nobody's cashing in that briefcase on Roman. So as long as Roman is champion, that men's briefcase is basically is a yeah. wash. Um, now moving it to WrestleMania, but like it used to be. All right. On the one hand, that would make it a bigger deal again. That, that would make it a bigger deal to have it on. And you would probably it would probably be more likely that the person holding the briefcase would get booked better, that their time with the briefcase would get booked better because they'd be coming out of WrestleMania, right? And winning it there is a bigger deal, right? Um, I'd say the con to doing it at WrestleMania, um, WrestleMania is for the establishment. It's not where they try to convince everybody that, hey, this person who was down here is actually really good, right? Yeah. Um, there won't. I don't think if they do it at WrestleMania, I don't think you're going to have. You're not going to have experiments, right? Right. You're not going right. to have experimental winners. Otis. Um, yeah. You won't. You won't have Otis. You won't have Nikki. You won't have Liv Morgan. Uh, you, you won't, won't have, have Wasteland Baron Corbin. Right. You won't. Yeah. You won't have Baron Corbin. We won't have Damian Sandow. Look and, and look for good or ill, right? On the one hand, you know whatever you think of those people's time with the briefcase and after whatever. I mean, they were people getting opportunities that, you know, that people on the, at that level on the roster normally don't get. Yeah. Um, but the problem is because when you do it during the year, it becomes a kind of a not so important thing. Right. Um, you know, it, 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 it you know, and so it's, 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 I think it's easier to dismiss when they do it in the, when they do it now. Yeah. You see what they do with the women's briefcase. They catch the women's briefcase in either the same night or the next day. Yeah. Um, They've had and, two cat that, that I can think of, two cash in the same night. One was Bailey and the other one was Liv, and they both won. Yeah. And then they had, you know, two the night after. Well, then one of them was Oscar because Becky, you know, right. yeah. the situation with Becky or Becky was pregnant and they pretty much just handed Oscar, you know, the bill. And, and handed uh, her to the title. So, um, but clearly they've shown at least with one of those two briefcases that they don't particularly care to actually 
have you know to book anything decent to the winter afterwards with the briefcase um having it and and it's easier to do that when you're doing it in the middle of the year um whereas you have it coming out of wrestlemania it because it's coming out of wrestlemania it's a bigger deal but the flip side of that is you know wrestlemania WrestleMania is for the establishment you know as far as the big winners so you know um that, that's going to affect the wins. And, yeah. you know, and you just got to be able to live with that if that's what you want. Controversial opinion on my part, retire it. Retire the concept. The last good cash-in was Seth Rollins. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Retire the concept. I think there are too many opportunities for people to win world championship shots. The Royal Rumble is a big one. And I think you you kind of dilute the water a bit when you've got multiple different avenues to getting that world championship shot when you're looking at this this is supposed to be a competition you need to be more competitive you want that championship win that rumble you know it, it that's just the way i and i like the money in the bank concept but i think it's run its course i think we've done all we can do with it you've run out of creative ideas they're obviously not committing to anything creatively where the women are concerned rob just brought that up you know, they don't do anything. I think the only one who they did anything with who held it for any length of time was um, Carmella. Carmella. Carmella yeah. The rest of them, they've been instant or next night cash-ins, and that's just, that's lazy. So, and, and that's that's cheap to the women. And if you're not going to give them something to sink their teeth into with it, just do away with it. And with the men, the last two years have been a wash. And, I, you know, this isn't, you know, a, a knock on Otis or definitely not a knock on Austin Theory. We've said our piece on Austin Theory but they're just with Otis. It was a you know what we got nothing else going on. It's the pandemic. Let's just do this, and it was what it was. With Austin Theory, Vince was still in charge. There was obviously a direction they were going with Austin Theory. Did it end the way that Vince would have ended it? Who knows? You know, there's only a handful of people with fingers left over who know the answer to that question. Um, so from here, I, I don't think we need the Money in the Bank, you know, ladder match at all. At least for a few years. I'd say do the do just just the women retire the men's one. Don't even give any explanation for it or anything. Just come back from commercial on Monday Night Raw and be like, "Hey, by the way, at this pay per view, the women will be fighting for the for a Money in the Bank contract." Okay, let's go. If that if that in that same thing, we're we're in the we're in the business now of Triple H trying to freshen things up. Let's freshen things up. Let's come up with some new match concepts. Let's come up with some new ideas. They're trying something with this new NXT match that Sean announced um, last night, which sounds yeah. interesting. It's like a variation of an Iron Man type elimination. It's weird. I, I, I'm going to have to listen to the uh, to the promo again to really understand the rules. But at least they're trying something fresh. Because it, basically, they're, they're, it's 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 uh, kind of an offshoot of the King of the Mountain thing from Impact. And see, I, I'm not familiar with that match. So okay, so well, the way King of the Mountain works now, there's one thing they're doing differently. But you start out, <laughs> um, you, everybody starts out in the ring, and you know you, you fight each other, and if you pin somebody, well, in this this NXT thing, if you pin somebody, you get you get points, and then the person that got pinned, they have to go sit in the penalty box while everybody else con- continues to wrestle. Right. Now in Impact. That part is the same, but what what's also is included is it's it's a ladder match also. 
Ah, okay. Okay. And that's the but the thing is about the King of the Mountain thing and impact is that they're it's a title match, whereas this is a number one contenders match. Yeah. So but again, it's it's you know it's what I think are they calling it, it? Um I forgot what they're calling it. Um I yeah, totally I, did too. Yeah, I, yeah, it fell right out of my head. We're terrible. Right, right. We're terrible at this. Let me reiterate, this is not a news podcast. No. But, <laughs> no uh, we, we tell you right off the rip, guys, mindless. Well, yes. We can't, yeah. <laughs> it's in the name. Well, they better not call it King of the Mountain or else that guy from Tennessee might show up with a guitar to bash over somebody's head. That oh, bag grabber. <laughs> right, they better not call it that. Right? Um, um, but, um, you know... Um, no, seriously though. Um, GRA, double ER. But uh, well, and also, I mean, the past couple of years, the the money in the bank thing. When a babyface wins it, it's not the same, right? I mean, you know, we had a conversation about E. As much as as much as you could, there was a plausible reason for E to do Bobby like he did. It still wasn't a babyface thing to do, right? Um, and you know, Liv and Nikki were babyfaces. You know, it doesn't hit the same. Um, I think that's it, what made Seth's cash in so incredible. Is that was such a heel thing? Yeah, and then I mean, Otis same, same thing Otis. with the Miz. The Mizes was such a heel cash in, right? And that, and that's and Roman, it, Roman getting broke kicked at at the end of that tournament. Yeah, and uh, you know it was a heel thing for that superhero lady, you know. All right. Uh, just I'm oh, joking. So bitter. I'm joking. That's a joke. <laughs> joke everybody. Joke. Joke. All right. Joke. Haha. Just having fun. All right, but but no, but they. Yeah, I think it's just they've they've run out of, or I don't know if they've run out of. It's just maybe it's just it's a kind of a tired concept now. It is. And, and that's my point. I, I think if you do just the women's for a while, because they just freaking got it, man. That we kind of suck to take it away. Um, that's true. So but, it's like, just let them rock with it for a couple of years. Who cares? Give the women a mid-card championship match and a championship and let them have ladder matches for it. I, I would sure. rather do that because... I'd much rather. Because right now, okay, so I mean, either they take a woman who would be perfect for a mid card type of thing. And they try to run her with one of the main titles. And they've done that the last two years and it has not been great. All right. Yeah. And, and okay. That's just, you know, cause look, and because as much as I crack on Nikki, um, she was kind of as much, you know, I'm sure as happy as she was to have won the title. Well, she got put in a position where she was like, was a substitute teacher. And yeah, there mm. was an absolute shelf life with champion Nikki Cross, and we all kind of felt that as soon as she won the won the title. And and, and well, in that perfect. gimmick, there was absolutely a shelf life. If you take right. you know crazy sanity Nikki, you know you can push that for a little more mileage. And you know I give her all the credit in the world. The a the almost the superhero gimmick, it was creative, it was cute, it was fun. Unfortunately, it had a shelf life. Well, but the thing about the other thing about it is. She won the title in the next next four weeks. She's in a ring with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and looking, that just looking like an Oompa Loompa. And then, unfortunately, and then this year, you know, you have Liv, and then she's in the ring with Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, 
it's just you know i mean if you know the thing about experimenting with winners like that or in otis right you i mean otis has the briefcase and he's going to challenge roman reigns really yeah that's almost um, again we come back to why am i watching this because i know what the i know what the outcome is and you know and with theory even like, even though you know we think theory is a bigger prospect as the future but in 2022 theory challenging roman reigns is the same thing theory you know? gets murked by roman reigns in 2022 yeah and so it's just it, i mean either you know you if you do the experimental thing that's how it always ends up baron corbin looked you know didn't look didn't have no business winning no world title in 2017 with the briefcase um yep. you know damien sandow right he cashed in on john cena and it's just as soon as he said i'm cashing in it was like okay we know where this is going yeah this takes all the gas right out of the hole right um you know and it's so if you yeah, I mean if you do the experimental yeah. thing that's how it always, it always you it ends up with the experiment experimental person in there with a, the hall of famer yeah. right and it's just it's not fair to them because we know how that's going to eventually turn out it's almost like the last few years, with the exception of Seth Rollins, the concept has become a parody of itself. Yeah, and so, but then, you know, then, and now he was perfect because he was on the way up. He was yeah. a main event level talent, but he was still on the way up. Right. And he and he was an example of using the gimmick to, you know, to certify somebody. But when you, if you're experimenting with somebody who is just not there, then it it just you know i mean again you you end up with this person who you're trying to give a chance to here and trying to do something with and you immediately end up sticking them in a the ring with a hall of famer and they always look out of place yeah mm-hmm. and you know um so then the, and because i mean the alternative to that is to put it to give the briefcase to somebody who's already established but then for a lot of folks you know a lot of you know people, particularly on wrestling Twitter, want the briefcase to be a thing to use the experiment with people. So if you put it on somebody established, then for a lot of people that kills what they what they've talked themselves into <clears throat> believing it's about. Yeah. Uh, and so right now, I think it's it's kind of a no win either way um, right now. So I think, you know, yeah, I think I, I'd probably just retire it. Maybe you know. And maybe, maybe in a few years you bring it back. Maybe when, maybe yeah. in a few years, because look, in about look five or six years, the roster is going to be different. Yes. When you have a different roster and you have a different cast of players, then maybe you can bring it back. You reintroduce it, the concept. Because then it'll have a different yeah. meaning then. Right. right. And it'll kick. It'll kick more. Like if yeah. they do it in five years, we're gonna get hopefully maybe get on this podcast and be like, hey. They're bringing back money in the bank. This is going to be a lot of fun. All yeah. right, let's go. Right. So exactly. yeah, let's. We can take a break for a while. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It really is. Um, because you know, because I think it's just for the time being. I think it's kind of kind of run out of gas. It has. It's run yeah. its course. It has. And I think we can put it to bed at least for a few years, if not permanently. So. Before we go to call to go home here, I want to kind of uh, tease next week's show. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a detour, still talking some wrestling, because it is uh, Thanksgiving week. We're going to be recording on an off night. So what we're going to do is we we got together, 
and we're going to compile our personal top top five things that we were thankful for. Top five things in wrestling that we are thankful for, and we're going to talk about that on next week's show. Anyway, I'm going to wrap back around the room here and thank my my guests, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, sir. Fun show tonight, man. I think we're more than guests at this point, brother. No, no, you guys, uh, you know what, I got to figure out a different way. No, you guys, this is our (laughs) show. This started off as my show, but it is definitively not my show anymore. Try my esteemed, handsome, and wonderful co-hosts. You can try my that. esteemed, handsome, <laughs> and wonderful colleagues and co-hosts, Bucky's tag team partner Jason. Gentlemen, it is always a pleasure. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, sir, awesome night. Yeah, thank you so much once again. Absolutely. And again, I am your host, DJ. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here until next week. <laughs>